I, I went back to playing a truly irresponsible amount of Fire Emblem today. Uh-huh. Surprised that that's still holding my attention, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. I will I will recruit the, the trash and wolves after I'm done with the, <laughs> the fucking raccoon sewer kids. My yes, my sewer God children. Damn it. They they're like, oh, we're working on a side store, and I'm like, finally, we're gonna finally, we're gonna get some fucking like dragon content. No. And they're just like, here's some new kids who just live in the fucking basement. <laughs> the saints are right there you give me trash kids so you can reset your pre-promotes your your catherines and your shamirs back to noble and commoner oh yeah or back to their previous classes yeah so if they're tearing things up too much but you love them a lot and you still want them to be on the battlefield you can just depower them which i discovered that today yeah. And so I took Catherine all the way back down to her regular class because she's like 10 levels higher than everybody else because I love her and I keep using <laughs> her a lot. Um, but that also means that because I've been training her up so she can be- eventually become maybe a holy knight. Yeah. Yeah. Or a really stupid looking war cleric. Oh, uh-huh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been training up her faith, but she can't use it as a sword master. The game is like, this is really t- tanking her stats. Are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Got to put those lead training weights on her. Right. Yeah. For real. We got our pictures back from Katsukon. Yeah? But the photographer didn't give me access to the folder, so only Julia has them right now. <laughs> All right, okay. We did this really cute, like, two-frame picture where Julia is posing like she's shooting an imaginary arrow at me, and then I'm, like, I have my hand over my heart, and I'm, like, reeling backwards <laughs> in the other shot. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking cute. It's disgusting. Ugh, <laughs> oh, that's gross. Welcome to Bonus Experience. This is a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We are queer women speaking with authority about games. Yes, we swear. I'm mad about about it. it. Did we do it right? We did. We did. Did we just do an intro right? Yes, we did. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's been three years, and for the first time ever, we did an intro correctly. (laughs) I'm Monica, Exalted Essence Mechanical Developer. I'm Ray. I do all sorts of other stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and today we're going to be talking about inexperience and how to deal with it. Bonus, bonus inexperience? Bonus inexperience. <laughs> <laughs> we mean how to run, write, and design games with brand new people in mind. Right. Right. So, uh, hey, hey, Ray, mm-hmm. you want to talk at length about D&D 14s? What are you drinking? Um, <laughs> it's still that white wine. It's a big glass. I can hear your voice like echoing into the cup. <laughs> I'm running D&D 14s, and that's the number four. I don't know if that was obvious when I said it out loud. Uh, the way I ended up in this position is kind of a long story, but all you need to know is that I am currently the dungeon master for a group of four queer teens of uh varying non-male genders and it's been a fucking experience let me tell you (laughs) both as being for i think the first time in my life an elder queer which is which is interesting i don't i don't know that's a whole other episode um but we're playing D D, 
which would not have been my first choice. So I should probably like, and especially like y'all who know us, you're probably like, are you running D and D for these kids? So I should probably explain why I started with D and D. D and D has name recognition. Everybody at this point knows what D and D is. Oh my God. It's so fucking true. It's so yeah. fucking true. Yeah. And at the very least they know that it involves rolling dice and pretending to be an elf or some shit. I mean, so, I th- we I, we really do have Critical Role to thank for that. Yes, Critical Role, Adventure Zone. Yep. They've uh and and Dimension 20 mm-hmm. have really uh really helped popularize that. It all, and that and then to that extent too, D&D has recognizable components if you aren't a fan of Critical Role or Adventure Zone or Dimension 20, you at least know what the fuck Lord of the Rings is. Like I can explain to you, you know, this is a game that's got, like, dragons and elves and hobbits and shit. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it. And also, they literally asked me to run d and I mean, that's, <laughs> like, that's the best reason. specifically requested it. I wasn't going to be like, no, I know more than you. We're playing the quiet year. <laughs> we're going to fuck, no, we're going to play D&D. That's what they wanted. I mean, they'd probably really enjoy the quiet year, but go on. I don't know. They're not very quiet people. It's not really a quiet game, but carry on. <laughs> uh obviously there are challenges in running for new players but these are specifically young very intense and extremely distracted (laughs) new players (laughs) uh so engagement is the number one challenge for a group like this um they are all between 15 and 16 they are really loud well, half of them are really loud. The other half are really quiet, which is <laughs> the team experience. Uh, one of them is always on their iPad. They aren't disruptive, but they, like, every time I look over, they're doing something on their iPad. And I've checked in with them a couple of times. Like, are you having fun? Is there anything else you want to do? Do you get what's going on? And they're like, no, yeah, I'm having a great time. And they, when I ask them to, you know, okay, it's, you know, it's your turn. What do you want to do? They, they're ready. But they're just, they're on their iPad. So it's like, all right, I mean, fucking, how can I compete with the entire internet? Um, The disruptive ones. (laughs) There are uh, two girls with their phones, always on YouTube or TikTok, playing some anime shit. (laughs) I, I was that girl 20 years ago, so I'm not like... Like, there's that self-awareness that comes with, like, come on, would you fucking... Uh, The good news is that when I ask any of these four to show up like spirit spiritually speaking like all right step up to the table they are 100 percent on and that's i guess that's the teen experience again you're either 100 percent on or 100 percent off but they when i ask them to pay attention they are 100 percent engaged and one of them uh comes in fucking closet cosplay of her character every every time we meet i love that is, energy yes it's yeah it's a crazy energy the other issue, though, with energy like that and where half of the table is kind of introverted and the other half is very extroverted is there's been a couple of conflicts and I've already had to have lesson one on keeping out of character stuff and on in character stuff separated because one person was taking her. This is what my character would do a little too far. And ah. the rest of the table was getting really annoyed with her. I mean, so that's... I had to have the you know, you, it may be what your character would do. But if it's not fun, it's kind of putting everybody off of the game. And she was really receptive to that. And and she's like, okay, I need to. And she came away with like, I'm going to have a character arc. Like my character started off as a jerk and nobody likes her. 
But now she's going to be like, no, you're my people and I'm not going to be a jerk to you. I'm going to be a jerk to everyone else instead. I'm like, that's great. That's awesome. Let's see how that plays out at the table next time. Man, um, uh, and then uh, a lesson in ste- a lesson in steering already. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, you know, that's the fancy schmancy term for deciding not to do the thing that your character would do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then for D&D specifically, obviously, it's it's just the density of the mechanics. Mm-hmm. We've already mastered the D20 is the one that kind of looks like a ball. OK, um, so that's, All right, that's great. awesome. Nailed it. That's Nailed the most it. important die. And I have like folders for each character, basically, because I have a I have a lot of play aids, basically, like to help them learn the action economy, to help them keep track of spell slots. Those of them who have spells. None of them are playing humans. Cool. And I, I had already, like, I came to the table with all, I had Volos and I had the player's handbook. And I had specifically flagged, like, I think you will like these races. So I had flagged Tiefling, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... And I good. have a Tiefling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. I have a Tiefling. Dragonborn. I have a Dragonborn, but I'll all get right. to her in a second. Okay. Tabaxi, I have it, and I have a Tabaxi, uh-huh. and Asimar, I have a fallen Asimar, <laughs> and I was like, I am so glad that I nailed it on all four of you. <laughs> I knew that you would like these options, so we have no humans. Um, so all of them have weird, weird racial abilities, basically, like the breath weapon, or you can cast thaumaturgy, or whatever the fuck. So I have like all these little, like I printed out a bunch of cards that are like, you can do this once a day, you can do this twice a day. And I have to keep all that in a fucking folder. And sometimes it feels like I don't want to, I, I don't want it to feel like I'm giving them homework. <laughs> but it's D&D and they wanted to play D&D. And it's like, all right, I'm going to do my best to help you guys, like, get through this. <laughs> so we can get on to the other games. The one awesome thing about, well, there's, there's two really awesome things. But one of them is specifically because they're teens. Okay. Um, one of the great things about running for new players is because they're so completely new to the setting and all the flavor is they don't have any problem with changing shit. So you mean they've, they've already mastered changing it if they want to. Exactly. Yes. The, the dragonborn, she looked at the options and she's like, yeah, I definitely want to be part dragon. I think that's so cool. But can we say that the dragonborn here are more like kind of half human, half dragon. So I'm like a beautiful woman, but I have like the scales and maybe I have like, some horns and like little wings so you know like a, like an anime character basically <laughs> that was like i have no fucking problem with that i mean i'm i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm horny for that too so yeah I, I no one else at the table had a problem with it i had no fucking problem with it and she was fucking psyched about it so i was like yeah of course no problem now the dragonborn look like that easy change another one was she's playing the tiefling fighter and i was trying to find an option between the the two fucking well, there's the three. There's the Eldritch Knight, which she actually absolutely wasn't going to be able to do. That's the spellcaster, right? Yes. Right. Um, champion uh-huh. and Battlemaster. Champion right. has, like, no options. Right. And Battlemaster has too many. <laughs> so I went to the Unearthed Arcana trying to find, like, all right, there's got to be something else that I can offer her. And the Unearthed Arcana has the knight option for fighters, which is basically you are a mounted combatant mm-hmm. and you get all these really cool bonuses. And I brought that up. She's like, yeah, awesome. And then she's, she, her, her eyes got real big and she's like, can I ride a giant wolf? I was like, fuck yeah, you can girl. <laughs> so instead of riding just some lame old horse, she's riding a giant wolf. She's a tiefling. She's like nine feet tall. <laughs> she's <laughs> I did. I, 
I feel like the two of us exploded into four smaller people. Yes. And you are running a game for them. Yes. <laughs> the 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 second like two sheet like the second bonus to running the game for specifically like teenage new people is they they haven't learned shame yet. <laughs> uh, they, I mean, I mean uh, one of them is like playing an anime dragon girl. Another one is like, I'm a hot demoness and I ride a wolf. And another one is like, I'm a fallen angel, but I don't talk to anyone. And everyone knows that I'm the, this famous dragon hunter. And I'm like, this is the fucking greatest party. <laughs> I am so happy. <laughs> oh, lucky them. I learned shame from a young age. No. Uh, carry on. <laughs> No shame. I mean, so uh, all right. That was me talking a lot about running D and D for noobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how can we segue this into talking about discussing how to get new people on board? Which I wrote no notes on, but I'm sure just I'll think in of something. General. Yeah, just like in general. Like, how do you get? I get asked this a lot. Like, I have the magic key to this answer, but like, how do I get people to play the game that I want them to play? Oh, the game that you want let's, them to play. Let's, let's chew on... That's different. <laughs> it is different. But, but like, yeah. I mean, you got people to play D&D because it's a brand name. So well, is, they is, is, like, the key to start, to start there? They, they What happened in, in my case, I think, might be unusual in that they found out that I'm, like, a dungeon master. Right, and then but and they, they asked they you specifically asked to run D&D because that's what they've heard right. of. Right. It's not like, I highly doubt that those kids were going to roll up to you and be like, I hear you run games. Do you want to run Nobilis? Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. And and my first, honestly, my first suggestion is to start with something that can be easily grasped for new players, like either in concept or ex execution. And I don't mean like for simple dummy babies. Like, I, I mean things like, oh, they've heard of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, fuck it. We could play Dungeons and Dragons. Or, or you let's try Dungeon World. That's a really easy conversion there from if you're familiar with the basic concepts of, concepts of d d could probably get them in a dungeon world yeah. or they really love firefly and cowboy bebop let's try scum and villainy because the source material for scum and villainy is fucking 80 percent firefly and cowboy bebop so they'll get right into it the caveat to this of course is you should play what they want to play you should begin with what they specifically request even if it's fucking shadow run you should be like <laughs> okay because that's what they want to play if you started off with like, well, you say you want to run, sh you say you want to play Shadowrun, but Shadowrun's really complicated. We're going to play The Sprawl instead. The Sprawl? Genuinely a better game. But they don't know <laughs> that. They don't know that because they wanted to play Shadowrun. So the whole time they'll be like, yeah, Sprawl's pretty cool, but I, I wonder what Shadowrun is like. <laughs> I'm like, fucking start with Shadowrun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you may have to house rule it. Yeah. I mean... We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I was entertaining myself by imagining some kid walking up to you like, excuse me, I'm a genre purist and I would like you to run the one ring for me. No. <laughs> what? The one ring? I mean, I guess. <laughs> Let me fucking look that shit up. Oh my God. <laughs> Play fatal with me. Oh, yeah. No, I'm good. I could make obscure RPG jokes all day, but yeah. You could, couldn't you? <laughs> I could, yeah. That's why I have a podcast about... That's why you have a podcast. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, so, like, what I... You know, I wish I, I knew the secret is... Sometimes I think I, I've gotten... When I had more energy, 
Mm-hmm. I, when I was younger, I could get people to play Exalted just by being excited about it. Yeah, yeah. And then I stopped being excited about it. And then I stopped having energy and free time. I, I think that is also really important, too. Because if you are trying to sell someone on a game, how you put it to them, and especially the kind of excitement and energy you have in talking about it, will will make the difference. I was able to get a couple of new people into Exalted purely by just being really fucking excited about it and being able to kind of sum up the concept, which at the time for me, I would just say like, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but Super Saiyan. And they'd be like, what do you mean? And I'd be like, you get like a buster sword and (laughs) you could fucking light on fire. And, you know, I wouldn't, I would not describe it that way now. (laughs) I'm older. But uh, uh, where was I going with that? I wonder. Um, we were talking about being excited. <laughs> being excited. Yeah, I'm too tired to be excited. <laughs> I try to get excited. And, I mean, and I think really I, could, I could be excited about Exalted again. I think I, I could I, be. I mean, now that I'm on a specific assignment, I've become very excited. And I told my kids about, oh, what I'm done writing this. Oh, I can't wait to run it for you guys. They're like, you're making a game? I was like, yeah, yeah. me and like me and like 12 other people yeah we can talk about that more in a little bit in a little bit so what do you have this thing about engagement aids and stuff so what's what's this all about fucking go nuts man like you are trying to draw them into this game you don't want to start off like like you would with like you know old school players who don't necessarily need to see what a fucking mind flare looks like because they yeah okay it's the mind flare but you want you want to show them illustrations by which i mean google image search results of quote green dragon hatchling quote you want you know handmade handouts that are important to their campaign so they can actually look at it and be like wow you want to write them like love letters at the beginning of the ep- or well is that a powered by the apocalypse concept only what? when i say love letter does that make sense i don't know what you're talking about Oh, in Apocalypse World and in a lot of other Powered by the Apocalypse games, they refer to love letters, which are a handout that you give to a like each specific player at the beginning of the session, which could, you know, catch them up on what happened last time, give them a brief introduction into what's going to happen in this session, and normally has some sort of an interactive element to it. And like, I'm trying to think of a good example. In my in my last session with the uh, cool gay teens, I gave one of them in their love letter saying, basically, the head of the Thieves Guild comes to you and says, these bounty hunters have been after you and she's willing to like have her guild intercede so that the bounty hunters don't get to you, but it's going to cost you. And then I gave her like, OK, what do you do? And I gave her three options. Do you pay her with what you were going to pay your bodyguard? Do you promise to pay her later or do you tell her to fuck off? <laughs> and that's that's all in this little letter. So then I know right away and she knows right away what we're about to get into this session. This is what we're starting with. And I love love letters. <laughs> I, I love using that as a way to instead of just expo- exposition at the beginning of a session to just right away give them something that's hand like handmade for their character and gives them this immediate. OK, what do you do? to like set up the first scene um but yeah i yeah engagement aids basically things you can put in their hands and put in their eyeballs so that you're not just relying on the power of your words to paint them a picture like you want to get as many senses as you can involved in this game 
so that they can get as excited about it as you are. Yeah. And in that, with that in mind, you don't want to dump every rule and system on them all at once. You may be teaching them this game, but that doesn't mean like on board game night where you sit and read the rules booklet for the first fucking 20 minutes before anybody gets to have any fun. Like you start them off with the really simple, like here are your characters, here's your sheets. And then fucking start with the fun stuff, role play some things. And then as soon as you go, oh, so-and-so might be lying to you. Maybe we should make an insight check. And they go, oh, what's that? And okay, well, you pick up the D20, which is the one that looks kind of rolly. And then you <laughs> roll that. <laughs> and then you're going to add your insight to it. And that's where that is on the sheet. And then you can like basically introduce them to systems and rules as you go. So that you don't just info dump on them and everyone's sitting there for like 30 minutes to 45 minutes just going, okay, but when do we get to fight a dragon? Because you're already fighting a dragon. <laughs> you're already fighting a dragon and you're already teaching them all about how breath weapons work. <laughs> like a video game tutorial. I mean, that's, that's a, good, it's a good comparison. We've been at this for a little bit, so I think we should take a mid-episode break. I need a break, yeah. Take a break, yeah. Because uh-huh. then it'll be my turn to talk. Yeah. Yeah. BXP in the mid-episode break room are brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing! Woo! Uh, become a patron <laughs> at patreon.com slash bonus experience. Our $10 a month patrons help us shape our show by weighing in on important decisions, and that is actually a thing that we followed through with. Yeah! So, yeah. <laughs> so if you feel like bumping up your pledge, or if you're listening to this now and you're like, I think they're worth $120 a year, bonus experience is sponsored by Nerdy Kepi. You can go to nerdykepi.com and use code BXPCAST at checkout for 10% off your order. I dropped my tablet pen. Um, no, no limit on how many times you can use it. So you can buy all kinds of cool pride swag. Outfit your whole body. That's N-E-R-D-Y-K-E-P-P-I-E.com. Nerdykepi.com. Yeah. BXPCAST. Yes. I've been sending a lot of people their way. Oh, yeah? honestly, I love their site it's great <laughs> yeah there's a print there's a print for like every flavor of pride you can think of it's amazing and if you if there's not one you can request it specifically yeah just ask spider customers. yep spiders spider's not busy i'm sure spider will just get right on that <laughs> uh, also saying nice things is always free so leave us a good review on apple podcasts podbean google wherever and help us get more listeners yeah Thank you. If you like bonus experience, you'll also like The Lounge. Doc finds the best, the brightest, the most fun game designers and sits down to have a cool chat with them. You never know what conversation is going to come up in The Lounge. I like The Lounge. Speaking I, of which, we, we, we should be on it again. Yeah, I was just thinking that we need to go talk about uh, Exalted Essence on The do. Lounge. We do. We really do. Doc, are you listening? Doc. 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 Doc have us back on the we're having our break in the lounge again (laughs) you can't stop us you're just gonna come in and find me eating all the marshmallows out of my off-brand lucky charms (laughs) (sighs) all right well i guess i'm gonna get a refill on this drink and head back oh i made the i made the minute episode break much shorter it's much better now i like it good good go get more wine I left myself a note, listeners, mm. that says Monica's going to natter on a bit about, and that should say how, to give direction to people. Oh, 
writing for writing ga- writing for games for the first time since you just spent all week kind of doing that. <laughs> oh, you're going to talk about how to be new at writing for games. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, because I just spent all weekend uh, editing drafts, which included drafts from people who were new. So, like, I kind of had the revelation while I was doing it that, like, there's a certain level of, like, higher thought that is involved in making game writing good, right? Mm -hmm. I, of course, left myself no notes. Just that. Just that one sentence that I read to you. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, what I was really impressed by this author's efforts was that they showed the ability to, like, think about antagonists as a thing that someone else has to use right yeah like yeah because when you're writing game content it is super enjoyable and like yeah it's for you a little bit but it's really for a countless number of faceless people who you will never meet who are going to use it right Mm -hmm. Right. like once it is out of your hands it is in the wild and it is for other people's use and so when you're creating that sort of thing you have to have the thought that like someone else is going to use it and that's sort of like the technical writing aspect parts of game writing. And like that's that I guess that's also sometimes where like heartbreakers and stuff fall apart because they don't realize that they're writing for an audience. For an audience. Well, they I think everybody is sort of aware that when you write a game, you're writing for an audience, just like when you're writing anything, you're writing for an audience. But like the step of higher thought where you're like, I have to make this usable to another human being is often absent. Who who will most likely be reading it without me in the room. Right. You, like, you will not be there to help them. You will be dead, author. <laughs> you, yeah, you will not exist. You will cease to exist. Your work has been created, and there it is, out there for people to ruin. <laughs> yep. And so I was really impressed by this this author's implementation of, like, the thought of, this is something someone else, like, has to do, and I've given... Like, they wrote a whole bunch of really cool, really interesting characters, and then also, like, put in specific efforts for, like, this character will respond this way if intimidated, or this character will have a hard, have a difficult time with this thing, or this character can be, be persuaded to this action because they're greedy and all they want is money, and, like, working that motivation into, like, what is a very short write-up, because this is a story path game. So, mm-hmm. like, the write-ups are real short. <laughs> uh was i was just straight up impressed was really impressed that's awesome so like i would say that that higher application of thought how this can be used is way more important than knowing that like a monster should have dex 18 right right Uh, and and to that end that like knowing what numbers are good is also important like i feel like a lot of discussions get caught up in knowing math Or like yeah. that 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 there's this thought that like oh we know how to balance things is the only thing that matters yeah yeah you get what I'm you get what I'm driving at here for a long time what kind of scared me away from doing any sort of game writing beyond just basically the narrative stuff was that idea of I have to know exactly what numbers are good I have to be able to balance something. But especially now, you know, in a in a post, you know, apocalypse world world, I feel like I'm not as nervous leaning harder on the narrative side when it comes to mechanics. 
Like, I feel like putting narrative first and then kind of deciding how to attach rules to it is perfectly fine. Like, that's that's there's nothing wrong with doing it that way. Your, your, your content needs to first and foremost be usable to other people and then get the numbers right. Right. <laughs> like, it, that, yes. is, that is the order in which that needs to go. Because I've definitely encountered people who were much better at the math aspects than I was, but, like, couldn't write a u- usable document to save their lives. <laughs> yeah it is yeah. like being being new at writing games is is learning the combination of both of those things especially if you want to like create a lot of your own like solo content right if you're if you're doing something like working for an onyx path book or like a paizo book or hey if you have the clout a wizards of the coast book you will be creating content and then someone else will be reviewing it and it's usually that person's job to be like well the math is off Right. <laughs> and like knowing what numbers are good is important but that shit takes practice and like a lot of it <laughs> <laughs> and there are other people who are paid just a little bit more than me who can do that for me <laughs> yeah. so i'll just do my best and then hopefully they'll help me out because because a lot of what i was doing also for this new person was then going through and being like okay so here are the system things that you need to add and like it needs to interact with this subsystem I think this should do this thing. You should have it do this thing. And like bringing it into the fold of like doing the numbers part. Right. But I would so much rather have a draft that someone understood how that can be used than one where the math was fucking perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was the soapbox I wanted to get on about writing people writing new stuff for the first time. Write stuff that's usable. Think about that. That's the important part. Speaking of writing things that's usable. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about Exalted Essence? Yeah, I think we should. I mean, we we shouldn't uh, break our NDAs, but we should maybe talk about some of the designs. We're not going to break our NDAs. We're not, no. I'm I'm fucking paranoid about breaking NDAs. (laughs) But speaking of getting new people into games that you are really excited about and designing for new people and new people writing... Let's talk about Exalted Essence and what that is and why it's relevant. Yeah, man, because the the whole thing, the whole thing behind this is that it is intended to be designed from the ground up to bring in new people. Like, right. Uh, which is a problem the Exalted Third Edition core book has in that it assumes the audience is already familiar with the vast stores of lore. <laughs> of exalted (laughs) two decades worth of lore yeah it's a very um uh it's an august tome (laughs) which like (laughs) i i have to give D &D credit in that it is also as storied but like fifth edition out the gate didn't assume you knew shit like yeah yep the fifth edition player's handbook was a start from scratch guide you know yeah so yeah Essence has to kind of do the same thing, but also be a tie-in to 3rd edition. So, like, if you want to get the deep lore, you can buy the other books. And the struggle (laughs) that we have consistently sort of run up against is that the majority of the team are also long-term Exalted fans. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, So, like, you can't unlearn that sort of thing. You can't make yourself new again. So fortunately, we have a handful of people on the team who are new, um, and they've been our reality check in a lot of places. Yeah, there's been a couple awesome times when we're like, okay, what? how do we deal with this one charm and then this other charm with a really similar name? And 
the the person who's completely new to exalted is like those sound like they do exactly the same thing and we're like yes they do yes. <laughs> it's because they How do, do. We handle this <laughs> yeah but also the the struggle of the the challenge too with essence is that we also weren't allowed to go too far away from the core material so we just yeah. had to basically like write a beginner friendly version of something that already exists yeah and it's been hard and i think here's where i'm supposed to tell you how to do that but i'm not sure i can <laughs> we're still learning <laughs> yeah um it's it's a challenge is what it is so like all right so one of the big things that i think is important that essence is doing that i think we can talk about as being sort of like a this is good for all beginners and then i think we can also like maybe point to D fifth edition as also doing is that exalted it has a storied history of using 50 cent words everywhere yes a lot of highfalutin language and like one of the first things we did was be like baby words for babies yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah we have to tone some of the shit down (laughs) and it it was even things that i didn't necessarily think were like too hard for people to understand but still like uh i changed unnecessary uh, but like the the thing i can think of off the top of my head that is certainly not an nda violation at all and that's not sarcasm um is that i just shifted the word threshold successes which means extra successes to extra successes yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) i mean like it's not like people don't understand what the word threshold means or couldn't look it up or anything like that but if someone were to ask like what does it mean threshold successes and you go it means extra successes like why don't they just fucking call it extra successes right right so that like nobody goes so what do extra successes mean Yeah. yeah and like aggressively trying to avoid jargon and like uh, reformatting a lot of the writing so that it can be read aloud without brackets or without like numbers in them uh, so that everything is basically a sentence instead of like a math equation <laughs> yes so rather than and, use... re- and removing the words that are like straight up appropriative right and then a limit like oh yeah we got rid of uh, i straight up from the beginning forbid any appropriative words period no exotic words period one because like the exotification of words from other languages is the problematique. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's problematic at best and appropriative at worst. Right. And like, yeah, that's, that is ultimately my goal is to do right by everybody. But also if you say hundred handed Asura strike, that also involves someone knowing what Asura means. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't necessarily know that using the, the Vedic demon name uh, is offensive. Maybe it is. I don't know. But like, it does mean that someone needs to know what that means. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, (laughs) whether or not that's offensive is not my call to make. But if we change it to demon or devil, well, then that our our presumably English speaking audience knows what that means. And also, you know, economy of words. Couldn't you, you know, when we're. (laughs) I just was like, no, no exotic words because. It, people have to look up what they mean and two that's offensive it's both of right. those things like just just don't do it period <laughs> and and related the the super flowery ridiculous names that are like five or six words long we have a very limited space to work in mm-hmm. to simplify abilities and charms and shit and to also make sure that a completely new player could look at the name of a charm and have an idea of what it does not like wow what a cool name but like oh okay i think i i think i know what that does <laughs> like i'm going to throw an example out from second edition that makes me so fucking angry every time i see it 
Okay. There's a solar charm. There's a solar craft charm called Shattering Grasp. Okay. And it the worst part. It's it's on the same page as an illustration of a character reaching out and grabbing someone's like pauldron and mm-hmm. breaking it. Right. Like a, as though their grasp were shattering it. <laughs> The charm shattering grasp just makes you dismantle items in large structures in a couple of minutes as opposed to like hours or days. It it has nothing to do with like you can reach out and grab something and shatter it. It's it's just you can dismantle something a bit faster. <laughs> and it makes me so goddamn angry because you look at shattering grasp and think you know what it does even with the fucking illustration there. That's not what it fucking does. <laughs> yeah. One of, the, one of the big things was just like, the charm name needs to tell you what it does. That's it. That's it. Like, Very simple. I mean, like, and, to, and the fun and hard part for our writers was like, okay, but you don't give up the cool charm name part. Like, you have to say yeah. what it does, but you have to do it in a really cool way. It still has to sound kind of cool. Right. It still has to sort of sound <laughs> like a, a, a neat technique or a special superpower. And there's a couple of charm names that are, like, iconic exalted charms that you kind of want to keep in for the old guard. But you got to make sure that you're keeping the iconic charm names that aren't so esoteric that a new player wouldn't know what the fuck it means. <laughs> You know yeah i do know <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> i have been i have been really enjoying working on this it's been a lot of fun honestly especially with my own like weird backstory of becoming like an exalted bnf because what's a, what is i that? started what's a bnf big name fan oh okay because I started an Exalted webcomic specifically to try to explain Exalted to my friends who don't play Exalted. <laughs> so I started from this idea of I'm going to try to get new people involved in Exalted. And that was like my mark on the fandom. And now I'm on Exalted Essence <laughs> trying to get new people involved in Exalted. <laughs> your, the, your efforts to do so created a community, which then ended in members of that community. Making exalted essence. Making exalted essence. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, you know, sim- like cutting down steps for things, um, using less big language, creating techniques that like tell you what they do, even in a cool and flashy way, all are reducing the mental overhead that is required to engage with the game. And I think all of those things are really important when you are trying to create something that's for people who are new. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's all of that to get to that point. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't write an outline. I'm never I'm doing, tired. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> write an outline. What's wrong yeah. with you? I don't know. <laughs> I I'm, think... really, I'm, I'm super tired. Okay, I think this is it. It's bedtime <sighs> for you, Grandma. I need to build up my podcast endurance again. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> that's it. Let's well, just peter off slowly. anyway that's about new people in the thing yep there you go yep glad it was hope it was something (laughs) (laughs) glad it glad it was the thing we did (laughs) all right monica yeah where can they find our show? They can find our show at bxpcast.com, part of the Misdirect Mark Network. <gasps> Bing! 
Where can they email us? They can send us an email to bonusexpcast at gmail.com. Ooh, what about on Twitter? They can slide into our DMs <laughs> at bonusexpcast on Twitter. What about what about you, Monica? Are oh, you if on they want Twitter? to follow me on Twitter, um, I'm at Zenith Sun. What about you? Oh, I'm at Ray underscore Cole. Cool. You can follow us. You can. You can. Should you? <laughs> <laughs> I won't judge. I've I kind will. of I finally started to kind of ease up on the on the pictures of my uh anime chess husband. Okay. I mean I haven't, but <laughs> you haven't stopped posting pictures of my anime chess husband. I've never posted pictures of your anime chess husband. <laughs> what? Oh I mean, except for that one that I texted you. <laughs> Which one? The one with the basketball. Oh, God. Oh, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. All right. Uh, this is a. This is not a visual media. <laughs> Everybody, get out. All right, let's go. Come on. Change it if you want to. Change it if you want to. Do I have to do this? Ugh, fine. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. And edited by Margaret. Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK. And is used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons license. BXP is part of the Misdirected Mart Network. Uh, I'm not reading this. Fuck it. Bye.